Hi, welcome to Buzz and Biz, the success podcast. Today we have Amanda Muse Johnson, a young lady in the property management business. And it is, to my understanding, a family business. So it's a, a different dynamic than some others may have. Today we're going to talk about her journey, her background, and what wisdom she could pass on to others. So this is your host, Steve Markey. Again, we have Amanda Muse Johnson, and I'll open the floor to her. Amanda, could you give us a, an intro and overview of your business background and, and what sure. project it is? Sure. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, I am in a family business called Muse Realty, and it was started by my mother back in uh, 2004. And I'm originally from Rock Hill, and then I went to um, USC in Columbia, and I got a job there with a bank. And after a while, she persuaded me to move back to my hometown of Rock Hill and work with her, which turned out to be a great decision. So um, I worked in the banking industry, loans, um, credit analysis, things like that for a number of years and then moved back to help my mom with her business. And I guess it really starts with a little bit of background with my mother. She sold and listed real estate for the longest time. And then her company was bought by a Coldwell banker. And they said they no longer wanted to do property management. So, and you gotta think a single woman in her fifties had to decide, what do I do now? Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she took uh, the very aggressive stance of, well, I'm just going to start my own business then. So in her mid-50s, she started Muse Realty. So she had probably about 200 to 250 homes and maybe two other employees. And now, 2020, she is fully retired. <laughs> and she, uh, she has established a business with a great reputation. And now we have um, eight employees and over 500 homes. So we've definitely grown a lot. We, um, I feel like we have a good presence in the community, which is important for a family owned small business. And um, we're pretty much sticking to her same plan as when she opened in 2004. And that is just property management, no listing, no sales. So realtors are our friends because we can't steal their business from them and outstanding customer service and that that homey feel when somebody comes into our office. And so we've just kind of built on what she, she started in 2004 and just took off from there. Awesome, congrats. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> a lot of hard work there in between the scenes or behind yep. the scenes. Yeah, a so, lot of people are involved, that's for sure. <laughs> right, right. And if I may expand, because we may have some viewers who are not from the Carolinas or, or right. the greater Charlotte area, Mm -hmm. uh, when you hear Rock Hill or maybe Fort Mill, et cetera, these are what I consider suburban towns in the greater Charlotte area. Right. Uh, Charlotte being North Carolina, near the South Carolina border. Mm -hmm. And speaking as someone who lives in the area and not as long as, as you and your family, Amanda, mm -hmm. there's tremendous growth. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Charlotte is booming and yes. what have you seen it to expand upon that over the years as far as growth? Right. 
Um, you know, we stick to strictly South Carolina. So we don't do anything in North Carolina because that's a whole nother set of laws and licenses and things like that. But let me tell you, a lot of people that, for people that don't know that work in Charlotte, want to live over the state line. You know, I, I've heard, not sure, personal experience, I've always lived in South Carolina, but taxes are better, you know, traffic is better. Um, you know, the schools, they like the schools, they like that suburban feel. So, you know, I moved back here from Columbia in 2007. That's when I joined News Realty. And since then, especially Fort Mill, where I live, and the Indian land area, which is like right there up against Charlotte, huge, tremendous growth. I mean, new homes are going up everywhere. Um, and then you have a lot of people moving in from out of town for jobs um, that want to move to this area. They've heard good things about York County and Fort Mill, Indian Land, Rock Hill, want to move here. But it's good for us because they want to rent for like a year and kind of find out where they want to buy a house. So um, tremendous growth. Um, it seems like a lot of jobs are coming to the area too. I um, mean, which is, which is great for our economy. Um, even in South Carolina, jobs like LPL Financial, Fort Mill, um, a lot of things coming to Charlotte that we've seen people coming through. Even I think there's maybe new plants or something like that in Chester County. So um, it's definitely different from where I grew up here in the 90s, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> my age a little bit too, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you mention that because I do live in Indian land, South mm -hmm. Carolina, and there's just tremendous construction going on. Oh, and yeah. as you mentioned, I am one of the folks who moved from North Carolina to South Carolina. And in essence, it was like a 20% raise with the change mm -hmm. taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So you yeah. know. <laughs> there's a reason for the growth. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you, Amanda. If I may pivot a bit, and, okay. and just in general, I know a lot of folks who may work a, a, a banking job, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or financial in, as a full-timer in financial services or elsewhere, mm -hmm. right? Uh, they may be a working parent like yourself, and they may be a little concerned about going out on their own, join the family business. What pearls of wisdom, if any, would you like to impart on, on the listeners? You know, I think, honestly, being a working parent anywhere is, is stressful and it's a balance act. And um, to anybody, it's just, it's just a hard thing to, to get it all done in the way you want to get it done. Um, you know, I have been fortunate that I came into an existing business. Um, you know, I was able to grow it and that means a lot, but to start off brand new, you know, that's kind of an intimidating thing. And um, I give props to anybody who, who does that. I mean, that, that's, that's a big deal. Um, you know, what I'd have to say as a, as a working parent is I have been fortunate because I can kind of my, be flexible with my schedule which is great when you work for yourself. You know, that is definitely a positive. When you work for yourself, you know, especially with this pandemic, online schools, all that kind of stuff, I have been lucky enough to kind of switch my focus to working more at home with fewer hours in the office. Um, you know, I'm working, but it may be early in the morning before the kids wake up and then I help them with school. And then I have a babysitter maybe come in the afternoon and then I go in for a couple hours. And sometimes that means 
maybe working in the evening or working on a Saturday. But to me, that's important because I have that family time and I can be flexible with that schedule, which, you know, I worked in the corporate banking world before and they're, and I get it. They want their employees there nine to five, nine to six, you know, and you have to be there. And um, that's a little bit different. And I, I think that's a definite perk of working for yourself or your own business is that you do have that flexibility. Um, however, like I said, you do have to kind of pull in those hours in the evening or the weekend. And that's when it's helpful to have, you know, like my husband will kind of take over, take the kids out somewhere or do something on the weekend or you have a babysitter, something like that. Um, I think it kind of, you just have to work it for yourself. Now, starting off brand new, I think it's important that somebody would have a right hand man in that business where they can kind of, you know, you don't want a new business to suffer because you have kids at home, you know, during the pandemic or online school and things like that. I have a fabulous team that is almost like family to me and have some parents in that team. And we've been working together. I mean, one afternoon, once somebody works at home and I make sure I'm in the office, you know, you've got to have that right hand person in your business um, to help you out. Because if you're the lone wolf out there, <laughs> there's no other options for you. So, um, you know, I depend on other people, I guess, and accept help and have people around you that you trust and that can help you out. Um, because basically you're working two full-time jobs as a parent and, and a business owner or, you know, employee. Um, so that's my advice. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, speaking of that, the transition into the family business did in essence, were you mentored or did via osmosis or <laughs> just, you know, having the, the family connection as far as understanding property management outside, you know, trans right. transitioning from banking to property management? If I may ask, how did that go? Did you have a formal mentor? Was it informal? And, and how did that, how smooth, if, if I may ask, was that transition or, or was it just <laughs> a, a growth period? Right. Property management is, um, is an interesting business. <laughs> and, um, you know, my mom brought me in and she really, I followed her around. So she was really my mentor. Um, she took me on all of her appointments. Um, she, she pretty much tried to teach me everything she knew. Um, you know, her generation, um, not so much into the technology that most businesses have today. So some of it, I had to just dive in and learn myself. Um, so she taught me a whole lot about the business, about she's a very good people person, salesperson, um, big into customer service. So I gained all that knowledge from her. Now, granted, I think I pulled some of the knowledge that I gained, you know, I went to school for business and then in the banking. Um, so I kind of learned how offices worked, you know, because you have to have that office etiquette, business etiquette down. Um, and then some of it, I just kind of had to do my research and jump in. Um, you know, when I first started, we didn't have employee benefits. Uh, we didn't have an online computer system. We didn't accept online payments. You know, you, you have to grow technology wise as a business, right. you just have to. So some of that, I just kind of had to learn for myself, um, asking other people, going online, um, um, you know, talking to other business owners, that sort of thing. So part of it was very smooth. 
you know, uh, I had my mom there who had tons of experience, learned a lot from her. Still to this day, we'll call her with questions because she's just had that experience. Um, then some of it I had to learn myself. I, I feel like it was pretty smooth because we had a good team. Like I said, we have a good team now. We all, if we encounter a situation that we've never encountered before, we bounce ideas off of each other. Um, but you got to think, the, some of the girls I work with now, um, they've been with me and mom since the beginning. Mm. And still there. Yeah. And brought in others that, um, one gentleman that works with us has previous property management experience. Um, so he's got like 20 years and some of it with a different company. So like I said before, it's good to keep people around you. So um, it's smooth because we all have different experiences and we bounce ideas off of each other and we don't know how to handle something. Then we talk to each other. Um, so, you know, to me, I felt it was pretty smooth. I had a good core background understanding. I had a lot of people surrounding me that knew about the business or was learning just like I was. So, so to me, it wasn't that difficult jumping from, from one to the other because she's, you know, I wasn't the lone wolf. I had all these people around me. So I think you're touching upon a great point, which is culture. Yes. <laughs> and in that context, I think, and we have a small business or a startup, et cetera, right? Mm -hmm. I'll speak for myself here, but I want to continue the dialogue that some folks will hire for their strengths. In essence, someone who's very strong with a, a specific skill set uh, to either fill in a, a resource gap or a weakness within that, that entrepreneur or business owner. Right. It almost sounds like in with your business that it's so close knit that in essence, if you are to expand or, or need a new hire, it's almost like referrals. It's in essence a family. Like you right. mentioned, so it, it's very much the culture fit. And do you think that's been more implicit or explicit over the years? It almost sounds like it's implicit and that's great, right? Because if you have the right culture and it's family-like, you know, you're going to have birds of a feather in essence. Exactly, yeah. Um, honestly, that is the way, and that could be a, a management choice whether you work in a bank or for yourself or a small business um my philosophy has always been the people that you work with are your family and especially in our small business um, that goes back to even our business principles like our business is in an old 1940s house when you walk in you feel like you're walking into a home and that's the way we treat people when they come in so not only is that our philosophy as far as how we do business but the seven or eight of us that are in the office at a time, we are family. And that is, we get to know each other. We get to know each other on person, what's going on in their lives, um, what's going on with the kids, what's going on with parents, life, you know, things like that. And I think that is so important because you have to realize that your employees, they're people first. And it, the way I believe is their family needs to come first because if they're not happy in their family life or how they're treated as an employee and not recognized as what they are, whether it be a son, a spouse, a, you know, partner, a mother, father, then they're not going to be happy 
happy employees don't stay or they're not happy and they don't um, project that in how they work. So, you know, I feel like that's, we bring in employees that uh, can be accepted and they like that kind of atmosphere. And that has served us very well. Like I said, uh, some of the people that, that work there, I mean, they've been there for, oh my gosh, 14 years. And so that's, that's worked well for us. And we treat each other like family and, you know, whether they are blood relation or not, um, we spend a lot of time together. So, right. so that, that's very important. And just like you said, um, you know, I'm not good at every aspect of this business. I'm just not, I'm not good at sales. I'm not good at the S one-on-one kind of talking to people all day. I'm better at other things. So what we did is we hired people that fill that gap. You're exactly right. You have to fill that gap. And that's different personalities. And we all, you have to realize you got to work with these people, get along with these people with these different personalities, because you need all of that for a business. Like you need somebody that can crunch numbers all day. You need somebody that can go out and talk to strange, perfect strangers for an hour, you know, <laughs> or right. people that can go to houses in the heat and do inspections. It takes all kinds of people. So um, that's what we've done. We found somebody to, like you said, if you're a business owner, you can't be good at 100% of things, you know, but you can find people that are, you know, yeah. most business owners, they're not going to be good IT people, good HR, um, good accountants, <laughs> and good at customer service, you know, so right. that's important too. Yeah, you hit on a good point. Great. Thank you. And I think we're touching upon my last question here, if I may. Mm -hmm which for those younger folks in our listening audience, what would they or should they focus on if they may not know what is that business or what they want to do when they grow up per se, yeah. but they do have a sense that they want to work for themselves or be an entrepreneur. And at least I see where there is this, debate or at least conversation of does one need formal education does one need to take training to help fill a, a still set gap or, or to help them uh case in point you mentioned sales i, I were on the same path there or at the same level and with that said i've taken sales training right but at the end of the day if it's not something you're necessarily comfortable with, you can mm -hmm. carry away from it, right? Right. So uh, do we have any parting thoughts or personal pearls of wisdom for those younger folks who may be concerned about uh, going to get that advanced degree or a degree when they may want to be a small business owner that not necessarily requires it or, right. you know, if, if they want to uh, start a business, and they're young, right? Mm -hmm. Right. What, uh, what advice or wisdom can you impart if you don't? Yeah, you know, um, this strictly from my own experience, um, you know, when I was in college, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, you know what I mean? And I think to me, a college education is important. I don't think it's necessarily required to do certain jobs. Um, there's smart people out there everywhere that that don't have a degree that are 
perfectly capable of doing a great job, have great ideas. However, it took me going to those classes and that experience to kind of learn about myself. And I'll be honest, when I got out of college, I still didn't know myself and what I'd like to do forever. And I think um, somebody young just starting out, I would get that college degree just because it teaches you not just about your major, but about life, I feel like for me. Um, I also would get a job somewhere else for a little while, maybe even something you're interested in um, just to kind of get an idea of how business works. I feel like a lot of people, and we've seen some commercial clients that come through and want to start a business and they've never worked in a business. So they don't really know how office etiquette works, how a business works, what all it requires. Um, you know, starting and running a business isn't just about a great idea or a great product or a great service. You have to know how to do the accounting. You, you have to have business licenses. You have to maintain your business storefront or your website, you know? And I think if, for me, it was good to go work for a bank first. I learned a lot about office etiquette, um, employee benefits, um, how to work with others, different management styles. I got to see that firsthand. We were, we were a large office of about 100 people. So you, know, you have different managers and I got to see how different ones worked, how that worked. I got to hear behind the scenes what people were saying about their boss, you know what I mean? Because I was one of those employees. And I go back on that knowledge today thinking like, oh, I remember when the CEO did this and none of the employees liked it. You know, I was one of them. I heard what they were saying behind his back, you know, right. take that now. I think jumping straight off into a new venture is, is definitely risky, especially if you don't know that's something you can handle personally. Um, for example, in college, I worked for Wachovia, which is now Wells Fargo, their call center from 4 p.m. to midnight. And it was just, you know, when you called 1-800-Wachovia, I was the one picking up the phone. And I realized that that was not for me. <laughs> uh, customer service over the phone, not for me. Answering the phone for eight hours straight, not for me. Uh, I liked more behind the scenes. I loved crunching the numbers. I loved um, doing things like that. And to me, if you jump straight into a small business, you don't get that experience to kind of learn um, what you want to do, what you're good at, what's going to make you happy. So I think... Um, getting that experience through college and other working for other companies, you kind of gain a lot more understanding. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for your time, Amanda. Thank you. Again, so much. this is Steve Markey from Buzz and Biz, the success podcast. This has been Amanda Muse Johnson, and we shall see you later. Thank you. All right, thank you.